and Count of the God time here on The Breakfast Show. And we are about to get into our Bible study for the day. Let's have uh, another question for our quiz and text message before we do so. Epic. Which is the... I already said that question. Sorry. (laughs) God said Israelites over what age would perish in the wilderness? Really? I... I didn't. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. That's cool. That's interesting. Interesting bit of trivia that I uh, just forgot to, failed to remember. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. Again, the question is, God said Israelites over what age would perish in the wilderness? Now, I, I was surprised because I have the answer here. And I was like, wow, okay, there you go. If you know the answer to that one, you will go into the draw to win the Days of Daniel board game. Amazing board game that you'll be able to play with your friends and, you know, have a great time, learn about Daniel, work your way through the historical events and the prophetic visions, collect cards. And basically it's like a, it's like, I think it's like a racing game, like a speed game. You know, you roll your dice, you make, move your way around the board, try to collect things. But again, that number is 0491 Okay, we're heading over to text messages here. Lawson, what have you got for us there? Uh, an absolute ton of text messages. Let's get back to earlier this morning. Uh, it says, uh, go, uh, oh, here we go. We've got a bunch of text messages. Plus, stop using everything with fossil fuels like plastic, cars, and the rest. Plus, <laughs> yes to floor dip switch and three on the tree. That's from Christopher. So, so firstly, <laughs> yes. he's saying, yeah, we agree with you, Lyle. Let's just, just, just stop using everything that has go. ever produced power. See, here's my thing. Here's, here's, here's my thing. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not opposed to people using a source of heat mm-hmm. because human beings have been using a source of heat in cold weather since... The Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. However, air conditioning is something that has only existed for what the last, I don't, I don't know, but 100 years at the very most, probably only the last 60 years. Yeah. And uh, you don't need it because the world has lived without it. The world has not lived without a source of heat during cold weather, but it has l- lived without a source of cool during warm weather. And so if you're going to be a climate activist, mm-hmm. remove it from your house. Mm, There's my challenge for you. That's my challenge. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. (laughs) Dude, actually, I had this debate within my church friend group one time, which was ridiculous because I thought that my side was so correct. But it's obviously my side is that we live more comfortable today than King David would have. Oh, vastly. Like, um, and they're like, but he was a king. And I'm like, but we have air conditioning (laughs) and refrigeration. (laughs) He lived in a building made of stone. Yeah, that's that right. would have been cold in winter. They're like, but he could have had whatever he want, except air conditioning, except <laughs> anything that runs off electricity. <laughs> so it was, it was hilarious, but but yeah. Also, okay, what is what is a dip switch? You've talked about. I I still have no idea what it is. Well, this person knows what it is. Yeah, does saying, anybody else know what it is? Yes, to the dip switch. Yes, on the floor where it belongs. What Should is never the, have been moved off the floor. What is what is the dip switch? Come on, come on, guys. 0491-064-669. You need to educate this boy and you need to let him know that the dip switch belongs on the floor. I should never have been taken off the floor. Okay, fair enough. I got another okay, text so the dip, message. The, the, oh, the, the, the dip switch um, is what you use to dim your lights, high beam, low beam. Oh, okay. And just sits under your left toe. Why would you put on the floor? Until you've driven a car with one, you don't know how good it is. Okay. I've lived here in Australia since 95 and have yet 
to be in a home with air conditioning. And I agree with Lyle. Not only is air conditioning contributing to the increase in power usage and thus climate change, it also expels a lot of thermal heat outside the house. So... Brighton, his honor, he's like, yep, yep that's the way go. to go. Uh-huh. And then he says, quarter of the way down for quarter windows, Lawson. So, do, does, do you press a button and then it just like drops down a quarter or? <laughs> this is so good. How does it work? Oh, I love it. Oh, I love your generation. <laughs> With regards to King Charles, it just shows that he is likely reading from a script. But again, we have a book, the Bible, that tells us what is going to happen and that a union of church and state is coming, uh, and we know what church that is. Yes. So we are not in the dark about this because we have the Bible, and that's fantastic. Okay, I had a text message about the virtual reality that we're talking about in our Signs of the Times interview. About virtual reality, I absolutely disagree with the idea of it. But again, if we say we will not utilize it to spread God's word and how many people... Uh, then how many people are we excluding from our witnessing? The tools that we create as humans are equally able to be used by Satan and by God. So if we do not allow God to use us with that technology, that is only leaving it up to Satan. Very valid point. Mm. Very valid point. Why would you let Satan have all of the say? Okay, but dude, like the perspective of living in a virtual world is... Just so cringe. Oh, it is. I am just like... And this is what's interesting is your generation is uh, actually the generation that is reacting more against it than mine. Because mm. your generation is sort of looking at us who have gone, ah, oh, this is amazing technology. We never had this when we were growing up. Let's use it until mm. it's done. And your generation is like, nah, we want to switch off. Yeah. It's starting to happen. And it's not there by a long shot, but it's starting to happen. Because this is the thing, like, a virtual reality can never service actual needs. That's right. Uh, like, you can't live in a virtual reality and be fed. Yeah. Or, you know, and it's like, oh, well, what do I need to do to be fed? Have a job. And now nah, you could have a job in the virtual reality space that would lead you to be fed and, and whatnot. But this this insatiable need to put people in a virtual reality, like, it, it, it can never come to fruition in this totally optimal way that people potentially think that it, it would. Um, and by the way, we've already trialed this. We already know the outcomes to something like this. It's called, there's, there's a game, it's called World of Warcraft, all right? And this was like, it's, it's an, what's called an MMORPG, so a mass multiplayer online role-playing game. And it's probably one of the most continually popular games for the last 20 years with people who literally, like, the level of dedication people have to World of Warcraft is that they quit their jobs to just play 24-7. This was the first game that really, and, and again, this has been around for 20 years and people still play it today. It's still massive. People are sinking thousands and thousands of dollars into it every year. We already know how detrimental this is to health. Yes. We already know how this this doesn't help us solve anything. Again, at the end of the day, there is something to be said about entertainment and games and being fun and whatever, and it's up to you whether you want to do that or not. We'll have a games but, night with you. We'll play the Daniel Board game That's night. right. Game, but game, game but at the you. end of the day, addiction is addiction, and living in a virtual reality, we already know the outcome to that. It is suffering. Yes. It is just the worst. So let's, like, you are never going to convince me that the metaverse or any of these things. Yes, online communication is fantastic, but trying to make people live in a virtual world, I'm, I don't want to. I'm, I'm very happy living in the real world. Yes. Uh, and finally here, good morning from Emerald. That's from Karen. Oh, fantastic. Shout out, shout out Emerald. 
and all the things happening there. You got some text messages as well? Oh, I got a few text messages coming through here. The first one says California climate change. Wait, 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 where did it go? California climate change, air conditioning. Funny. Only okay when it doesn't affect them personally at home. That's human nature. Commenting also on the hypocrisy of complaining about climate change and running an air conditioner at the same time rather than drinking water. Okay, honey wins again. We should mm. all start the day with a warm glass of water with honey and lemon. Yep. Healthy way to start the day. I'll vote for that. Okay, Earthquakes God's calling card to remind us he is coming soon. Mm. The death count could have been much higher and it is going to get worse. Yes, the Bible talks about an earthquake coming in which the mountains were not able to be found and the islands fled away. Mm. That is very poetic language to describe a very destructive event. Yes. King Charles, the issue is that he is totally part of the New World Order and WEF, World Economic Forum. Religion is a master use and are using. To say he has the right to choose his faith is quite correct, but he should not accept the crown as he is supposed to be defender of the Protestant faith. Remember what it cost England and UK to have their religious freedom, not something that the Catholic Church gave at the time and the very thing she will take away in the future. This is all very true. Mm. However, and it cost England tremendously. It, it mm -hmm. cost them so much to be able to have Protestantism. The problem with the history of Europe mm -hmm. and the Protestant Reformation of the 16th century is that the Protestant Reformation never grasped the concept of the separation of church and state. William of Orange probably claimed closest. Mm. Under William of Orange, you could actually be a Muslim mm. and live in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. That was actually possible. Mm. Um, and so he came the closest, but they never really grasped the idea, the concept of religious liberty. And so you have these institutions of the past. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Okay, and so having it in your constitution that the sovereign must be a Protestant is not religious liberty. Mm, mm -mm. Having it in your constitution that the sovereign is also the head of the church is not separation of church and state. No. Um, and so, yeah, it's great that the, that the UK has this Protestant foundation and it enabled them to become an empire that literally circled the world mm -hmm. uh, that, was, that was built on Protestant ethics mm. right there. But to legislate it, you know, America went further when they said, we are not going to legislate a religion. Mm -hmm. We are going to make it free so that a Jew, a Muslim, a Protestant, a Hindu and a Buddhist can all live side by side in our country, which was not the case in Europe during the Reformation of the 16th century when many of these uh, issues were taking place. Uh, okay, should remind us that the Garden of Eden had natural air conditioning, perfect weather. Mm. Yes, looking forward to being able to live as Adam and Eve lived with, never getting cold, never getting hot, just being the perfect temperature all the time. And then one final one here on virtual reality. Two wrongs don't make a right. Virtual reality is not reality. Mm. It's true. Mm -hmm. Having said that, if I can preach the gospel, the everlasting gospel, to someone in a virtual evangelistic program and they can come to Jesus that way, I'll do it. 
Dude, of course, like, this technology can be used for fantastic things. I, I remember one time there was, uh, they're talking about there's a ruins of a particular place. I think it was Athens, where you could chuck a virtual headset on, like an augmented reality glasses, and walk around and you see, firstly, like, the ruins in Athens, and then you see what it would have looked like. Yeah, That is that is amazing. Like, that, that is absolutely epic. Like, that's the coolest thing ever. That's in, in a fantastic use of this technology. But to try and suck you into a, a virtual world where you live 24-7, that's ridiculous. I've got a whole slew of photos here of cars with quarter windows. Ah, and I, I who now, sent those through? Uh, producer Shell. Oh, producer Shell. <laughs> she, okay. she, she put them on the iPad. Now I can see all the quarter windows. And now I, I've seen these before. Okay, so you know how they work? They actually open out the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And so when you're driving down the road, you get that blast of air that hits you just in the right spot to be like, ah, on a hot day. Yeah. That's cool. Bring back the quarter window. Nah, these are lame. I'd get rather rid- have aircon in my get, car. Get I'll just drive faster than 80 window. all the time. See, in, in town, you should use quarter windows. You shouldn't use the aircon until you're on the freeway. Really? Mm. No, well, this is the thing. I'll just drive 80 in town. Not for long. <laughs> Dude, honestly, not for long, guys. I uh, Pray for me. I have one point on my license. So, you know, I've, I've had this experience myself. All right, Lyle. Bible study time. Let's get into it. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Oh, okay. Romans chapter 12. Where are we starting? We are starting in verse, verse one. Verse one, okay. I beseech you, you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, transformed by, the by the renewing of your mind. Ah, yeah. fantastic stuff. We everybody, know this one. Everybody here in this producer shell knows this one too. There you go. Everybody knows this one. This is one of the most famous passages in the Bible. Let's read it. For, let's see if it will mess with your head reading it from oh, the Oh, this is to tough. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Okay, so knowing God's will is something that a lot of Christians want yes. and desire mm. and often ask for. Mm. You'll often say, hear Christians say things like, please pray for me, I've got a decision to make about such and such a subject. And you often have Christians who lament the fact that they pray for guidance on something and never got any. Mm. You know, one of the things that I often point out when Christians are stressing over the decision that they're going to make, I'm like, okay, you're making a decision between this and between that. Mm. And you want God to give you direction. Should Mm. it be this or should it be that? Mm. Now, sometimes, but pretty rarely, those two decisions, one might be a good decision and the other one might be a bad decision, you just don't know. Mm. So, for instance, if you... uh, no, I won't even give an example. I'm just not even going to give an example. <laughs> but I think like we can often determine whether the bad decision is a bad decision just based on, based on basic principles. Like yeah. we can ask some questions, think it through, look at our situation and say, oh, you, you know, there's nothing wrong with being courageous in faith and doing something that is maybe difficult. But then to say, oh, actually, this will actively cause me to go against you know, God's not, maybe not his specific will, but what I read in the Bible about what he would want for my life. 
Like, this would cause me to go against that. So, therefore, I'm not going to make this decision. Like, there's some principles that you can use there. There absolutely is. And one of the, I will use an example right here because if you marry the wrong person, it can be a disaster for your entire life. Sure. And so some people will be asking, is this the right person? They're a bit unsure about whether this is the right person or not. And, uh, and they'll be like, why isn't God answering me? Why isn't God writing it in letters of fire in the sky so that I can actually read it and go, oh, yeah, okay, you know, I can switch my brain off now. Don't need to use that because God has told me. Mm. The other thing that often comes to me is that uh, when you when you look at what usually happens when, when when Christians come to me, like I'm trying to figure out this decision or that decision, they're actually both good decisions. Mm. You know, should I minister here or minister there? Mm. There is no bad outcome to this. There might be one that is better. By a bit. Yeah. But if you're doing ministry, there's no bad decision here. That's there's right. no bad outcome. And I think like you I think it's important to say, okay, which one is better? Yeah. And really consider. We were celebrating one of our friends is is leaving the office, one of our great friends. Yeah. And we're bummed because we, we, bummed. we love him so much. Shout Matt out Para. Matt Para. Yep. We love Matt so much. And we are sad to see him go, but he considered Very. his situation and he considered his kids and his family and he thought, Okay, which I've got a bunch of different decisions here that are good. I'm currently doing a job that's good, but which decision's better? That's right. And that's the decision. And if that he, he had made. made a decision to stay here in the office, that would not have been a bad decision. Mm. But he made a decision based on his family because he's got young children and he's got uh, they have elderly grandparents mm. and a decision that gives them the opportunity to be a family for a time you sure. know, and to support his family uh, who are you know getting older in life. Mm. And that's an important consideration that everybody needs to take into account. And so you know, he had two he had a choice between two good decisions, but one was better. Sure. And at the end of the day, some people get confused, like, oh, I don't know whether to make this one or that one or this one or that one. Uh, which one will I do? And, you know, even when I moved here to North New South Wales, I had a whole bunch of different options from around the place and I considered all those different options. None of them were bad. Mm. All of them I would have enjoyed because all of them I would have had an opportunity to talk about Jesus. Mm. I ended up coming here. Praise God. Praise God. It's very, very, uh, very simple. Um, so, you know, this is one of the things that when you are trying to switch off your brain and say, hey, God, I don't want to think right now, just tell me what I should do, stop and think, okay, are either of these decisions bad? Because mm. at that particular point, you know what? When I came here to North New South Wales, I could have gone to South Queensland instead. Mm. I came to North New South Wales. But you made the right decision, Lyle. If I'd have gone to South Queensland, that I would be been, ministering in South Queensland. That would be cringe. Nah, shout out to all our South Queensland people. Uh, <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what I would be doing right now? Doesn't but matter. That all being said, it's it's so amazing. We read this verse and it's like, you know, uh, that you may learn the perfect will of God. And what directly precedes that? That's what it's all about. Submitting ourselves to that God. Is becoming a living sacrifice. Because we do need to know the will of God. 100%. And there are times when we definitely do need to, when the decision is not clear, mm. and we need to know what God's will is in that situation when the decision is not clear. Mm. Okay, so when the decision is not clear, how do we learn God's will? Submit. Okay, so a lot of people just start by praying, Lord, you know, I'm putting out a, praying, Lord, tell me what I should, 
what, what I should do in this particular situation and putting out the proverbial fleece. Mm. That's not where you start. No. Paul makes that abundantly clear. If you start there, don't expect to hear from God. It's the wrong place to start. It's not how that question is asked. That's right. You're doing it wrong. Do you want to get information from God? Or do you want to be his friend? Yeah. Like, do, you, do you want to have a relationship with Jesus? That's right. That's what it is all about. Mm. And uh, you know, it must be a little bit frustrating when people just all they do is ask, 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 never want to be a friend. Mm. Yeah, that's actually that's an interesting saying. It's, uh, yeah, clients pay for information, but friends don't. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It's The Breakfast Show, which means that we have quiz questions, and Lawson is bringing you the final one for today. In which book of the Bible does it say, The Little Foxes That Spoil the Vine? 0491-064-669. Is that what we were supposed to say, Shell? Is that right? Yep, the little Shell is just laughing from the show. I think because it's just it's so we Shell and I know what the answer is, and it's quite funny. But in which book of the Bible does it say the little foxes that spoil the vine? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you go into the draw to win our Days of Daniel board game, which is definitely one that you want to get, especially if you're from the Newcastle area. Uh, or any area, you can just invite us. We just want to come. We just want to come play board games with you. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. There is a state of hostility that exists between myself and foxes. Really? Yes. You're just a fox hater. I, I, they are. I next on the list after cats. Really? Mm. They're not before cat. Like they're not first. No, cats are the worst. Cats do the most damage. Mm-hmm. Cats are uh, just horrific. Uh, anytime they are outside of an enclosure, pretty much. <laughs> sure. Um, but foxes? Oh, yeah, we, don't get me started on foxes. There, there, is some, there is some hate in the studio this morning. Wow, maybe you need to read this verse, you know, submit yourself to God. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can find forgiveness in your heart towards cats and foxes. We live in a world of sin. <laughs> Yes, changing the subject, getting back to our Bible verse. Okay, so if you are just ask, 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 ask mm-hmm. God, and you treat God like Father Christmas, and you're like, I'm on the no- I'm on the good list. I'm on the good list. Look at all the things that I did this year. So I got myself onto the good list. I'm not on the naughty list. You know, I've kind of been over there one or two times, but the good list is longer than the naughty list. So, can mm. I please have? Can I please have? Can you please give me direction? Can I please know your will? Mm. It's not how it works. Mm. If you're asking God like that, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And if you're asking God for direction in your life and you're not getting it, then, I'm, and I'm not saying this is a definite, but maybe you're doing it wrong and maybe you need to go back and read this passage here. Mm. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning of the passage because Paul is going to tell you how to ask the will of God and how to get direction from God. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by what? By the mercies of God. That's right. Okay, so that's where it starts. It starts with an understanding of the mercies of God. And where does an understanding of the mercies of God start? Well, it starts from the Bible, but like what's contained in the Bible is the story of the cross. That's right. It takes you straight to the cross, the mercies of God, that Jesus Christ came to this earth. He lived, he died, he gave himself as a sacrifice so that you and I can live forever. That is the greatest demonstration of the love of God and of the mercies of God that you'll find anywhere in the mm. universe. 
Okay, so God does this. So he says you need to start by understanding how good God is. Mm. When you understand how good God is, then what's the next step? To make yourself a living sacrifice. Yes. To become a living sacrifice. Become a living sacrifice. So the next step then is to become a living sacrifice. Mm. So then it is the... It is the mercies of God that lead you to that. Mm. Let's go to Romans chapter 4, verse 2 or 2, verse 4. Let's go 2, verse 4. 2, verse 4. Yes. It says here, don't, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Okay, so what is it that turns us from our sin? His kindness. His kindness, his goodness. Mm. Let me read it to you from the KJV. Do you despise the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Mm. So it's the mercies of God, it's the goodness of God, as his forbearance and his long-suffering and his patience. Long-suffering is a word for patience, Mm. as his forbearance. These are two words that go together to describe a God who is just good and patient. And the Bible says this is what leads you to repentance. Mm. It's interesting that in neither of these verses is the word fear used. Mm. Aren't you scared of God who's going to burn you in hell forever so that you repent? The Bible doesn't say that. Yeah. The Bible says the goodness of God, the mercies of God, lead you to repentance. Mm. Okay, so back to Romans chapter 12 where we were. The Bible says that the first step in understanding God's will is understanding his mercy. Mm. The second step, what is the second step? Uh, the second step is to submit, to become a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Absolutely. Now, what's interesting is that these two thoughts are tied together. Mm-hmm. The mercies of God, which points us to the cross, mm. and the living sacrifice. And I feel like it's tied up perfectly in the next sentence that comes. I love this phrase, which is your reasonable service. In other words... When you understand how good God is, giving yourself as a living sacrifice is the least you can do. It's like he's already done it for you in the most maximal sense. Like God left heaven, humbled himself, and died on the cross. Yes. And it's like, oh, so you can live as a living sacrifice to receive eternal life. Yes. Like... This is reasonable. This is straightforward. Like, this is a fair enough situation. Like, oh, yeah, wow, God's done that for me. Okay, I'll do that in return. This is so amazing. Let me read you the LSV version. Oh, okay. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable God, which is the least you can do. Mm. That's the LSV. Yeah. Wild Southwark version. Yeah. <laughs> translation of a translation. You can call me heretic. It's, it's, a her- it's heresy, guys. No, no it's not enough. actually heresy. It's, that, that's true. That's it's, literally what it says. It's an uninspired true statement. Yeah. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's our reasonable service, a living sacrifice. And this concept of a living sacrifice is connected to the cross. Galatians 2 verse 20, you know that one? Of course I know Galatians 2 verse 20, but... I am crucified with Christ. With Christ. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Correct. Okay, why (laughs) are all of these references to dying to self references to the crucifixion? Uh, Because it's Jesus who did it first. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Like in like we talk about dying to self, right? It's denying self. Yeah. It's to say like, And it's what Jesus said, you know, take up your cross and follow me. That's right. And, and so Jesus directs it to the crucifixion. Correct. And when then it's like die to self. Now, uh, I think that there are potentially some of us who will die of martyrdom. Mm-hmm. There are potentially some of us who won't and will live, you know, good, safe lives. And, mm-hmm. and uh, regardless, if we're submitted to Christ, we will be a blessing and we will be, in, you know, walking in his ways and doing his will and we will sh- spread his message through our witness and through our life. Um, but ultimately, all of those situations, we see, firstly, Jesus, like, dying to self in again the most extreme way like taking the penalty of sin onto himself mm-hmm. uh, so that we don't have to yes and he's like okay now in response do the same not in the way that i've done because the way that i've done it you'll never be able to do that that's right like and that's not your calling your call like i've taken the penalty of sin because i'm perfect and it's like you're imperfect so now <laughs> live righteously yes Mm. Yes, absolutely. Then the Bible continues on says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of Mm. your mind. So these are the steps. Understand the mercy of God. Mm -hmm. Give yourself as a living sacrifice. Reject the world. Receive a new mind, and then you will understand the will of God. Mm. Not until you have followed those steps will you be able to understand God's will in your life. If you don't understand God's will in your life, Go back over the steps. Ask yourself the question, have I actually followed the correct steps to be able to understand God's will? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We have come to the time of question of the day, but before we read question of the day and answer it, we will be getting into some answers for the quiz. So our first one, we had, who had a vision of a land between two olive trees? That was Zechariah. Which of the following is a coastal city? It was Corinth. The next one, which of the first seven, sorry, which is the first seven churches mentioned in the book of Revelation? That was Ephesus. God sent Israelites over what age, said that Israelites over what age would perish in the wilderness. That was if they were over the age of 20. If they're over the age of 20, they were gone. And finally, in which book of the Bible does it say the little foxes that spoil the vine? Did you know mm. which book this was? Uh, Proverbs. The Song of Solomon. Oh, it was close. Close. That's really right. yes, close. I known really that close. But I preached on that book a while. That back. was the answers. Right now it is the time for Question of the Day. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 to 23, how can these people do prophecy and drive out demons if they're not doing it in the Lord's name? That's what Karen asks. Okay, so the answer to that question is in verse 21, (laughs) partly. But before we get there, we're going to look at a couple of other passages. Let's read the passage in question. The Bible says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, and in your name cast out devils, and in your name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. And so the Bible very, very clearly, Jesus very, very clearly is saying, look, the supernatural is not what you use as evidence for the presence of God. This is not where you find evidence for the presence of God. So where do you find that evidence? Well, that's verse 21. But before we get there, what we do need to note 
is that this is an apocalyptic prophecy. This is an end time prophecy. This is a prophecy that is pointing towards the return of Jesus Christ. And this is a familiar theme because wherever you look at the return of Christ, you're going to find the same thing being repeated over and over again. For instance, if you go to Matthew chapter 18, sorry, Revelation chapter 18, you have this prophecy. I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out. Wait a minute. That's, that's 16. Why on earth is going on with my, Bible. Here we go. 18. It says, He cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen, has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Notice here that at the end of time, God's church, because this, well, not God's church, but the church, which is called Babylon at this particular point in time, is full of evil spirits. If it is full of evil spirits, we would expect those evil spirits to be manifesting themselves and doing miraculous things, supernatural things, by which to deceive the world. Of course, uh, an unclean bird, a bird in the Bible is a symbol of a spirit, an unclean bird a symbol of an evil spirit. Okay, Matthew 16, the Bible says, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth to the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Notice once again, you have evil spirits that are involved in doing supernatural things to deceive the world just before the return of Christ. And so you've got a massive worldwide global religious movement right here depicted that is based on the supernatural. Revelation 13, all those that live upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not in the Ram's book of life. How does that happen? Verse 13, it says he does great wonders so that he makes fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men and deceives those that live on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to those that live on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had a wound by a sword and lived. Notice that this religious movement is depicted as being a great movement that is uh, that is depicted as fire coming down or a symbol of the Holy Spirit, a false falling of the Holy Spirit just before the return of Christ that results in supernatural events that are used to deceive the world. It's the same story wherever you go. Revelation, uh, sorry, Matthew chapter 24, 11. Many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Uh, Matthew 24, 24 to 26. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they will deceive the very elect. Behold, I've told you before, where if they say, go, say unto you, behold, he's in the desert, don't go there. Behold, he's in the secret chambers, believe it not. Throughout the Bible, when the Bible describes the end of time, just before the return of Jesus Christ, the Bible always describes a massive, global, worldwide religious movement that is based not on sacrifice, but on a false outpouring of the Holy Spirit and false manifestations of the supernatural. The supernatural is not wrong. We should expect to see and to experience it ourselves. But the supernatural is not that which by, by which you test a movement for its authenticity. That test is found in Scripture. That's where you make the test. And the Bible talks about a counter-movement. You can read about it in Revelation chapter 14, where the Bible says, Here are those that follow the Lamb. Wherever he goes, they follow Jesus to Calvary. They follow Jesus in sacrifice. It is a self-sacrificing movement at the very end of time. 
That is the true movement. We are about to give something away. Do we have a final text message there, Lawson? We have a few text messages here. I don't know if we have the time to get into them. Uh, jump pretty, into them. Go for it. They're pretty lengthy. Okay. I thought the verse is about holiness and overcoming old self. So this is, I guess, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Uh, and the world and even uh, addictions. It's the continuing work of God's Holy Spirit through his grace and now faith. God has given us a mind to make decisions, prayer, and other wise Oh, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, we only have a limited amount of time. We can't delve into every different aspect of that verse, but mm. that is absolutely correct. Yes. Good good call. So Thank you for true. highlighting it. Don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith. And you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.